Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of two pros and a couple Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Fired up here on a Thursday morning. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 You're fired up. I'm, I'm sad, man. sad? We lost a legend in sports oh, last man. night. Oh, yeah, Bobby. Yep. Big I, Bobby. I love that guy. And yeah. I know I listen, I know nowadays probably in the minority when it comes to well, you know, that wouldn't be accepted these days and his treatment of players and all that. That was old school as old school could get and I thought yep. he was hilarious. I, I thought it was great. He was effective, too, in his oh, era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was an Ohio guy. You know, a lot of people recognize him as uh, you know the Indiana head basketball coach because of his success there as a coach. But born in Ohio, born right outside of, uh, of, of Maslin, and uh, went to Ohio State. Like, I, I grew up knowing Bobby Knight for that. Like, he was a part of the teams with John Havlicek and Jerry Lucas that they won a national championship. They went to three. They actually lost in the in the finals twice, um, but that was kind of the legend of of what I knew of him growing up in Columbus, Ohio, and it, you know it was interesting watching his coaching career because as as great of a coach as he was, there was also controversy that came along with it. Yeah. But you couldn't deny the fact that he was passionate about the game. He was passionate about the players he coached, um, and I just. You know, it's one of those legendary coaches that you lose and you say, like, there'll never be anyone like Bob Bob Knight again. Never. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty awesome, too, to hear the stories of coaching um, the Olympic teams with, with Michael Jordan and, and so many so many other greats that he was able to be a part of a coach. And, uh, and, and, he, and even for the guy who – I mean, he's quoted as saying it. He thought he was the greatest basketball player he'd ever seen before he even touched a basketball in the NBA. Yep. And when you hear him tell stories about how he'd coached him and how he talked to him, how he tried to motivate the greatest basketball player in history, in his opinion, it was just great. It's just fantastic to uh, to listen back to and, and think about. Not just it's beyond sports. It's beyond like motivating a human who's done stuff that no one else has ever seen before. So it was pretty cool to look back on some of his quotes and uh, comments. Um, 
You guys uh, remember the great Purdue rant? Uh, I believe this was somebody had mic'd up or there was a mic going in the locker room and uh, it got leaked. Uh, He was just so fed up losing to Purdue and being kind of a mediocre team at that time. So you tell me if if this would be something that we could hear nowadays from coaches and the way people take stuff personally. Want to play? Then I'm getting the out of here. I mean, if you're not going to recover Greg Graham, if you're just going to let him drive by you, if the rest of you are going to let him catch the ball outside the three-second lane and drive all the way in here without one guy challenging him, then I'm leaving and you guys will run till you can't even suffer. Now, I'm tired of this. I'm sick and tired of an 8-10 record. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. Now, I'm going to Swear to God. I bet you so many people would hear that and be mortified. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Today's type wow. of person, that's that's too much. Yeah. yeah I was that's say, too much. You, that's, they call that bullying. I was going to say, you ever you think we'll ever hear that again? Like that'll ever be something that, or it would even be made public because of the yeah, reaction. That's the it thing. Won't, it won't yeah, be made yeah. public. It won't be made public. Yeah. But, you know, pe- people tend to forget, too, he coached Coach K during his time in Army. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he consulted with Bo Schimbeckler. I mean, it, it touched. He's t- touched all sorts of different sports during his time. I mean, he he's a legend, and uh, that's the toughest part. Is I, I know you want to get off to some little cheery, happy start. It's kind of hard though when you lose a guy like that. That uh, that everyone looks. I, I mean, at least I looked at always as one of the, the greatest coaches, not just basketball, but like greatest coaches of all time, because he was so unique in the manner in which he did it. And I think it. He was like that. I mean, I, I don't know how, how your guys' grandfathers were, but you know, I, my, my grandfather, my uh, my mom's side was tough, and he didn't show you love very often. When he did, it was like those moments that that you like really kind of clung clung to. But he was always trying to teach you something, at least from what I can remember, because he passed away when I was young. But uh, I remember being like scared of him. But at the same time, like oh, any time he wanted to talk to me, I always went over to him. I'd, I'd listen, and he'd try to teach me something and try to impart something. He kind of reminded me as more of one of those figures than anything else. You know, you mentioned him coaching uh, Coach K at, at Army. That's that's what he that's what he came. That's what I always looked at him as. He was just a representation of what that military military mindset represented. While some may look at what he was doing or how he was handling things, look to be more like like I said, like bullying or fear fear factors and stuff like that. When you start to think about the importance of life and death, which that's what it was connected to, to the military, your training, the things you did, your execution, just understanding what was at stake was your life. And and when you when you're at army, that's 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 a that's a common thread that connects and bonds everybody together. 
And that was how I was raised. I never served, and I would never want to pretend to act like I did because I know how important and and how serious in nature, you know, serving represents. And and so to me, just growing up. Now my father, he found God um, when he came back from from um, from Vietnam. So it it wasn't my dad wasn't the type in the house that used profanity or anything like that. But my granddad, like you said, and he was a he was a church going man. He was a deacon in the church too, but he wasn't a deacon the other uh, six days of the week, <laughs> as it applied to how you were supposed to do things and how you were supposed to handle things. And there's just a certain cadence and a certain way that you go about encouraging and influencing the ones around you that you love and you care about, and it may have come across as not not caring it may have came across as a little you know crasp or 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 just very aggressive but all in all it was out of love and that was the one thing you always heard you know from the players like the most you know the one I listened to the most and you hear the most about um historically for me was Isaiah Thomas talking about him and and how much they loved him as a coach and and what what his 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 approach to discipline and his approach to creating a standard. Like, I don't want to run. I don't want to run so much that it makes playing the game seem like a picnic. I don't want, I don't want to have consequences to me not being the person that I know the standard that's been created for us to be. I don't, I don't want those consequences. And then you start to apply those things in your everyday living and in your everyday life, you get up on time. You're afraid to not get up on time on your own. There's no, the only consequences are the consequences you have to deal with in those moments. But when you have somebody in your life, a figure in your life, a role model in your life, like a Bobby Knight, while many may think his, his techniques and his approach may have been maybe, I don't know, too aggressive or whatever it is you may have wanted to think out of pocket. But I just know when you have coaches that care as much as Bobby Knight did and went after it and approached it the way that he did, it was, it was to me, it was more of a work of art to admire versus to be mortified and to be scared of because it takes somebody that believes enough in what you do, the talents that you have to approach you in a way where they can force you to go to depths and places in, in your in your emotions and in your mind where you never would have made it if you didn't have somebody who didn't push you to that, that place. So shots out to him, man. He influenced a lot of coaches, a lot of different styles that, that you know, maybe may be a dying art, but shots out to him and, and respect to him, thoughts and prayers to his family. Yeah, and, and you can question a lot of things about, okay, well, his approach, the things he said, the way he talked to people, you can't question the results, man. His impact on the sport, you know, you mentioned the story about Michael Jordan recognizing that early, the Olympics, Isaiah Thomas, all those players, Coach K, um, Aaron Torres, who covers college basketball, also has a show here on Fox Sports Radio. He had a little nugget that he sent out on Twitter yesterday that 
Jim Calhoun, the former UConn coach, he was actually he was offered the Northwestern and the UConn job the same offseason. He was leaning Northwestern, and Bobby Knight convinced him to go to UConn, and the rest is history. Completely wow. turned around that program. They won all those national titles. So just his influence, even to this day, and you see the outpouring of, of modern-day coaches, and it's just an extension of all the messaging and, and just his approach throughout the course of his career. He was awesome, I, man. I only have one question. Yeah, what's that? I only have one question. What's that? Um, well, how is he going to be buried? Because uh, I think, <laughs> based on some things he said, I think we know how he wants to be buried, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> when my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my <laughs> Well, there you go. Bravo, man. And if they do it, that might be the dopest (laughs) ass ever in this. Y'all kiss coach's ass. Yeah. It's just awesome. I love Um, it, man. I love it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you know what I was thinking about, too? And when we talk about coaching styles and the manners which they do is, is I always felt like if you were going to criticize anyone, it was never going to be a player of a Bob Knight coach team. And in part because he he always made himself the target. And I, I think there's like a, a brilliance in that too. Now, maybe some people will say it's egotistical because the guys can do it in different ways. Like you don't have to do it the way he did it where everything seems like that, um, you know, much more strict and tough demeanor. You could do it in a way that just constantly brings attention to yourself. But the reality was is like as a player, I'm sure all those guys, as much as they were – coached hard they were still they knew they were loved and that he was going to step up to the play for them every single time and that's there's something to that you know there is something to it yeah well listen uh rest in peace to the great bobby knight and as lavar mentioned thoughts and prayers to his family uh just an awesome career uh amazing impact and uh it's fun to hear and listen back to some some words that you'll probably never hear from a modern day coach, or at least never hear publicly from a modern day coach uh, in this day and age. So awesome stuff there. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so... What do we uh, What do we got here, Lee? So, uh, there's going to be a take. Yeah, the here. World Series. Okay. Because apparently uh, Jonas wanted to put together a rundown that doesn't include the World Series. That was just one last night. I, I mean, it's it's a soft run through of the show. But I mean, yeah. if people want to throw in some uh, some wrinkles, let's make it happen. Let's talk I mean, World it's, Series. You got to talk one now. It's pretty remarkable that the Rangers went from being one of the worst teams in baseball last year to nine months later winning a World Series. And I, is it Bruce Bruce Bochy is what is he the third manager to ever win one both the AL um, and NL? I believe so. Joe Torre and Walter Alston uh, with four rings. But yeah, I mean the credentials are are wild with him, and yeah. the fact that he's done this, he's taken three different teams to the World Series. Now he's got his his fourth World Series ring. He's got to be in the conversation of greatest of all time. Yeah, it, it's it's. Kind of incredible how we talk about the impact of head coaches, in this case managers, but like baseball seems to hold true. Like wherever some of the best go, they if it you know, seems like success tends to follow them. Now, you know maybe spending, salary cap, all those things like play a role in it too. But at least in regards to baseball, um, the turnaround for the Rangers is is pretty incredible, and just even their their postseason. Were they eleven and zero on the road? Yeah, with their win last night to seal it in Game Five, and I, I think the honest thing you talk about is, you know, it wasn't necessarily the matchup that you know networks want because they're not as big of the markets and all that. But I mean, the Rangers are dominant. Like you, you just you couldn't take that away from what they're able to accomplish. So, kudos to the uh, to the Texas Rangers, man. It was um, I, I was there at a game last year, and I remember watching, thinking like, Ew, let's see how this goes, but. <laughs> Now, well, no, it's just, I mean, you're kind of taking it all in. And I can't recall who they were playing, but it, it wasn't good. And uh, and to turn it around this quick is is pretty incredible. I mean, well, you know what? Texas always figure out ways to win in baseball. Right? Well, it's been how a- long ago How long ago did the uh, Astros win? Last year. Oh, okay. Texas is doing well. There you go. I mean, do you think that this, because we have seen, you know, the Mavericks win a a title. Now you got the Rangers winning a World Series. You think Jerry Jones is looking around going, I when mean, am I going to get one? <laughs> hey man, clock's ticking. You know, the Dallas Stars have been in the mix at times. Like, it just feels like I mean, you know, he's got his Super Bowls though. Like, <laughs> this is the he first does. time for the Texas Rangers, you know, since he they does came have from three. Washington. So it's a little different. You know, I think he wants to get back to that, but it's a little different. You don't think it bothers him that somebody else in the city or somebody else in the vicinity is doing doing this on the big stage? They're, they're, well, I'm sure it bothers America's him. But... Team. 
Yeah, he makes. He's very team. What's this franchise with nine billion or whatever it is? Yes, yeah, nine ten like billion. I mean, yeah, I think he's probably motivated to win, but bothered. I wouldn't say he's bothered. I, that might be a tad bit too strong. You know, Jerry Jones is living life, man. He is not shy about living life the way he wants to live life. I'll tell you that. If you've no. ever seen him at, at NFL events, he's he's using the restroom and he's having a good time. And not necessarily <laughs> that order. What, oh, what do you mean you. by that? Oh, I mean, <laughs> he uses the restroom a lot, frequent. <sighs> At least a couple nights that everybody was all, uh, I, you know, I used to go to, to the owner's meetings quite a bit. What you, and, and let me tell you something. What are you looking under the stall to see if those are his feet? Like, no, 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 no. And the only reason why I knew he was going to the restroom is because his son was like, hey, do you happen to know where the restroom is? Jerry's got to go again. <laughs> And when you get older, doesn't that happen? You gotta go to the uh, a little more. Yeah, but I, I mean, but he was rightfully yeah. so going to the restroom. By the way, <laughs> he, I mean, he was, bro. He's the life of the party. Jerry Jones is the life of the party. He ain't. He's worried about winning, but he knows he's winning. If that makes any sense. Yeah, he's winning. He's they, not. He's not losing. They got a good one this weekend against Philly. Yeah, they good do. Test. This is man. It's it's. This is such an exciting game. Um, I hope it lives up to the potential. I hope it lives up to the hype of it because it's, to me, this is the game. Like, this is who is Dallas for real. That I feel like this is what you take away from that is that Dallas is for real. They win this one. Like, they're, to me, I'm, I'm going with they're for real. If the Eagles beat them, then I'm going with, yep, Dallas is who I thought they were. So there you go. That's what I'm going with. Plays both sides. You're going to cover your tracks there. I mean, it is one of the games. Is that the what it is? Yeah. I mean, because there's some there's some real bangers this weekend. You got Cowboys, Eagles. You got Bills, Bengals on Sunday night football. And then for some reason, the NFL decided to gift Germany Dolphins Chiefs. Why? No clue. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Can't you send them like a bag of crap and say, "Hey, when, no, we, when no. we when we see some stuff, we'll give you a better the, game or a better." The Germans game. watched what happens in London. They're like, "Yeah, no, we want one of your better games. Like, mm. we want Vlan Patrick Mahomes and we the want Germans. the uh, the <laughs> Dolphins and we are hungry. Hill. We are hungry for more. Come on, You couldn't send them Bucks, Texans, and been like, no. "Hey, you they work, want, you work up a little Eddie, bit." If I was Eddie, if I was like an ambassador to any other country and like the NFL's like, oh, we'd love to play in your city. I'd be like, um, okay, uh, I want one of your best games. Otherwise, it ain't happening. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, we're just, we're, it's not worth our time. We are hungry. We are um, hungry for more. So, Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, was talking recently about, you know, just the travel and getting over to Germany. And if I'm not mistaken, so this was from uh, earlier this week. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, they're not scheduled to fly to Germany until later this afternoon. I, I don't know how, how smart of a move that is. The Dolphins are already there, but this was Marquez Valdez-Scantling talking about the travel and trip over to Germany. 
what are you guys doing that's different this week? Uh, obviously, the travel is a big thing there. How has Andy and, and the staff prepped you guys to, like you said, 930 in the morning, kickoff, jet lag, travel, etc.? You know, we haven't started yet. I mean, today is our, our first day back, you know, so we have to go over look over the tape for the last game. So we haven't even you know, talked about our, our plans for this upcoming week. So we'll find that out tomorrow. Um, I'm not even sure what day we leave. Um, but, you know, obviously it's going to suck with both teams that have to travel over there. So, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll both be on the, the same page of, you know, how to deal with that uh, time difference and, you know, being able to go out and play a game at, you know, 930 in the morning or what it'll feel like 930 in the morning to us. Wouldn't you want to get out there as soon as possible, like Monday yeah. or Tuesday? Just get that like the Dolphins did. Yeah, like just get yeah. out of town. Like Vrabel tried this with the Titans a couple of weeks ago, and and they looked awful in that game yeah. against Baltimore. Like I just, I don't get it. Like I would want to get there and get acclimated, wouldn't you? I've told you from our experience when I went over the Broncos, same thing. We went late in the week. Everyone felt awful, played awful, didn't work out. Um, so I, like again, and and. And I've got a wife who who competed and would travel internationally all the time for it. And she was always like, yeah, it seems like it's a bit overkill, but they would go to like other parts of Europe to train for a week ahead of being somewhere else where they had to go for prelims and training for the next week. Like they would go that far ahead of time. I mean, I I don't know why they don't look at more Olympic athletes and and how they go about handling their training and, and competition internationally when they do this. And I think most would tell you like, get over there early because the high, the idea that when you go over late, the, the time zones and the change doesn't impact you. Anyone who's traveled internationally and Germany's five hours ahead of us. So it's, it's noon there in Germany right now, if you're on the East coast and obviously uh, way ahead of you, eight hours ahead of you, if, if you're on the West coast in, in America. But I mean, it's, it's a big difference. It's a big time change for these guys. And to then ask them to be at their peak, at their best for one of the biggest games of the NFL season, it's tough. I mean, I'll tell you this much. Like it says a lot about Steven Ross because he's not afraid to go out and spend the extra money to have these guys all in hotels for the entire week and be over there. (laughs) Um, Look, people can take issue with that, but that's part of it too. Is that's additionally, that's thousands of tens of thousands of, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to be over there for the additional that's, days. That's the thing. Budgetarily speaking, it's a lot of money to go over there and be over there for that long. But, I mean, if you're accepting the game or if that's a part of how you're building the league and, and building the brand, then you should get over there earlier. And there should be, you know, that should well, already be planned for and thought of. That's why I'm not – like, I never really understood when you have these international games – because ultimately, like, both teams are ambassadors to the United States. And you'd think that you'd want them to be over there earlier in the week to go through procedural or formal things to kind of represent the United States in that way, right? Like, these are their ambassadors for the NFL. And I would think if there's anyone you'd want over there right now, it's Patrick Mahomes, you know, representing the NFL, given that I think we'd all agree he's the best player in the league. So it's a bit surprising, too, that, you know, the NFL wouldn't want to push teams to go over earlier for these international games to act as that. I know it's a strain on um, the schedule and the season, the players, their families and all that to be away for that long. But that's kind of what comes along with the business trip like that. And I don't know. Again, it's I just think it plays to the advantage of the Dolphins. You know, will that play out in the game? I don't know. I mean, Mahomes being sick last week and how they played versus the Broncos was probably more concerning than the travel at this point. But 
it's definitely a consideration. Now, both teams are on a bye next week. If you guys are on one of these teams, you sticking around, hanging out in Germany, getting getting some soft pretzels and like a 36 Well, you got to fly beer. back with the team. You can't like make arrangements? there's a team charter that flies back. What Do you think the team would say, all right, we'll give you guys like an extra day on the back end? No. You know, kind of hang out a little bit. Probably not because they're not going to no. pay for the extra hotel for everyone. What a pain in the but, ass. But like what they'll do is they'll they'll pay for the hotel that night and then they'll fly out the following day. Like, like that's what we did. Now, granted, we, we had, everyone everyone went out. Like, it was just like, make sure you make the plane at this time. Like, you got to be at the hotel to take the charter bus. And if you don't, like, you're flying over on your own time. You're flying back. So that was the only thing. So some guys were out all night. I mean, and they just rolled back onto the plane and, and slept for the entire flight over. But we <laughs> We had some. It was wild. Like that, the night after, it was wild. Did your chartered plane have everybody on it? Yeah, it had like everybody. Everybody. Like, oh wait, wait, wait. Who were you playing with? Denver. Yeah. Okay, they had everybody on there. I'm not sure what you're getting at, but yes, they had everyone. That was a player. That was a coach. That yep. was in our front office. That was. Yep. It was a gigantic jet. Cheerleaders. Everybody. Um, I don't know that we took cheerleaders over. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so they were all on the plane. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I'm not the entire that. organ. Well, um, the entire organization, everybody was on one plane. Yeah, how'd that go? It was a party. Were they serving cocktails? It. There were cocktails. Oh, Dios mio. Yeah, there was good food. I mean, Matt, the dude had the right idea. It was. It just went bad. It just went. It just went really <laughs> who's, bad. Who's the dude? Snyder, little Danny. He had the right idea, man. He knew how to. He knew how to do it. He just, you know, I don't know. But that was a great experience when we went to Osaka, Japan. Sheesh, Ooh, that's a long flight too, right? How long Super is that long one? flight. I don't know. No sleep. Well, a little sleep. There was a little sleep. And we won. We played the 49ers. We won. We played a good game. Got up out of there. I slept on a bed literally where my feet were on the ground the entire week that we were there. <laughs> had a great, you were so a, big compared to the bed. They had a great plunge tub. They they love deep plunge <laughs> tubs. But I'll tell you what. My feet literally were on the floor. <laughs> Wait, yes. so the bed was that small? Yeah. Just, your feet are hanging Cute. off? They didn't Cute. think that through? Cue on God, <laughs> on God. I'm not even. It's not an exaggeration. This is not an exaggeration. My feet were on the floor. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, how mad were you about that, or did you not care at that point? I, uh, you know, I didn't care. It, it was, it was a like I, I can't say it's a bucket list to go to Osaka, Japan, but it was kind of cool to add another, you know, place to. You know, you visited, you came, you had a good time. I smelled like smoke for like a week after I left there. Everybody smoked cigarettes there, at least back then. Or, I mean, that was all that it everything smelled like was smoke or stale smoke. Have you ever – I never even knew that stale smoke oh, yeah. existed. But it exists. Yeah. Like the stale smell of smoke. There's so how much, much – How much smoking. sake did you drink? I drank a lot of sake, my guy. 
Yeah. I, I drank a lot of sake. They told us to stay out of the streets without like being um, with the proper people because they said like the underbosses and all that stuff. That stuff is really real, and you could end up you know in the wrong place, and and that could be you know very very bad a very bad decision for you. So I didn't really enjoy any type of real nightlife, but I definitely went to some some pretty cool eateries during the day when we weren't practicing. So. Yeah, it was fun, man. Like I said, the plane ride, plane ride back was a, it was a movie, a vibe. It was everything all, yeah, oh, man. man. Come <laughs> yeah, on, now. man. Imagine Yeah, tomorrow. man. We had that thing rocking on that, that, on that airplane. Bottle of sake in one hand. The music Lamar was. Island in the other. The music was pumping in certain areas. Man, people probably thought Lavar when when you were. I mean, they, you had to have been so much bigger than everyone else. Hell yeah! What do you mean? Oh, and and yeah, over there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? What do you I mean? was not going. I was in the wrong pick. place at that time. My bad. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was in a different place. Batter up! I was living a different. I was living in a different <laughs> space at that moment. I was reliving things. But yes, we were all uh, uh, pretty yeah. big compared to people that lived there. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Like giants, I was just gonna say, man. Like, like the football team over there had to dwarf everyone. Yeah, but they were really excited about us, though. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a great song. Yeah, is this the vapors? Yeah, what a great song. Come on, Var. Hey, man. It's bringing back so many fond memories. You heard me sit there and say, Dan, Danny did some things. Danny did some things right. And that Osaka Japan trip, he did that bad boy right. Damn. Damn. Hammers. Oh, man. All that over awesome. the place. That is awesome. One of the greatest plane rides ever in the history of my life. Ever. I'll never forget it. The only thing better than that is a Breeders' Cup. <laughs> and we're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get tickets today at BreedersCup.com. Uh, how'd you yeah. know there was a track on that plane? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough, Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, we welcome in... A man who's number one in your hearts and in your ears. And he just so happens to be from the number one team in all the land. He is the pride of the Ohio State Buckeyes. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. And Albert, congratulations, number one in the country. How does it feel? Well, as you know, what matters isn't... Number one. I mean, it, what matters is ending number one. And uh, you know, I, I do, I did want to take the opportunity here. Um, you know, Lavar Brady. We had our fun early in the earlier in the year, and it's great. You know, those matchups earlier in the year against Penn State, and Notre Dame. But I, I just wanted to thank you guys for the good, clean competition. All right, I, I really, really appreciate. <laughs> you got, you got bragging rights. What do you? Yeah, I, I respect. No, that. no, no. You're what, missing what are you it, getting at, Albert? Oh, you're missing it. You're missing. Am it. I missing it? What are you getting yeah. at, Albert? Come on. He's going that Michigan, right? I like a good, clean, yeah. well-played yeah. game. You know, everything on the level. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. All I'll say to people out there who want to throw stones at Michigan is be careful now. <laughs> be yeah, careful what your team may be doing. Some stones have landed upside Jaws' head the last couple of years. I'm know? just saying be careful of pointing the finger at others. 
You know, yeah. you might be just doing it better than Albert. Can so. Albert, what do you? What do you I, I didn't say anything about Michigan. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Hey, Al- Albert, <laughs> Albert, let me ask you this: If you had a Heisman vote, would one of them go to Connor Stallions? You know, I, I mean, if we're talking about impact, I, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it makes some sense. Um, uh, all right. So as we move over to the NFL, there was a coaching move made, uh, a big one. The Raiders moving on from Josh McDaniels, general manager Dave Ziegler. What have you heard from people in and around the organization as to the thinking about and, and why the move happened when it did? Well, I, I, it was a you know it was a confluence of events. I mean, and I I think really the first sign of trouble, and not that like they didn't, not that it was you know things were great earlier in the year, um, but I think really the first sign of trouble was the was after the Packer game, <clears throat> you know, and that Mark Davis has this long history of meeting with his coaches after after games, and um, you know those got a lot of attention during you know, the John Gruden years. Um, they beat the Packers on a Monday night. And, you know, my understanding was that meeting got really volatile. It got hot. And, you know, people in the organization knew it, you know, knew that Mark wasn't happy. And I think there was this feeling like, oh, man, like he felt that way after a win, you know. And so that lingered. And then, you know, I think the next piece of this was the decision to go with Brian Hoyer um, over over Aiden, Aiden O'Connell after Jimmy got hurt in the Patriot game um, against the Bears. And, um, you know, I know that there were coaches, players in that organization that felt like the right thing to do was to go with Aiden O'Connell. Um, now, Josh's logic um, going into that was, well, we're playing against a rookie quarterback and, and Tyson Bajant, and we, if we can just play a clean game, we'll come out with the win. And, um, you know, he was concerned with how Aiden O'Connell had turned the ball over. I believe he fumbled three times and was picked against the Chargers earlier in the year. And so, but the whole logic in, in Josh making the decision that he did was, um, if we can play a clean game, we'll get out of there with a win. Well, then Brian Hoyer goes in there and, 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 enter, and, get, and, and gets picked off twice. And after the second pick, gets pulled from the game. So there was that. And then, you know, after that, um, they had the meeting, um, I think a week ago today now, um, where the idea was, hey, let's put it all on the table and take some accountability for what happened. Well, what they had hoped was, you know, what they had hoped would be a meeting to speak about accountability and everybody kind of taking their share of the blame more or less turned into airing of grievances. And while all this was going on, Mark Davis is meeting with players and getting the temperature for the locker room. And so, you know, I think like what we saw on Monday night, you know, obviously wasn't good with, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, they missed on two wide open shots to, 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 to Devontae Adams. You see Devontae, who's, you know, universally in that locker room, seen as like a really good guy beyond just being a great player, slamming his helmet in frustration and then saying after the game he didn't want to talk because he's afraid of what he might say. I think we all saw that sort of as a tipping point. I mean, to me, after digging into this and calling around yesterday, it sounds more like that. That wasn't, you know, a manifest. That wasn't a – it wasn't like something that that was built to. That was more like kind of like – a rev- that was more like revealing what, what what had been a problem to everybody on the outside, and so you know now we are where we are, and um, 
You know, like I, I, I think it's it's tough for Josh because I think you know if you look at it, it does look like he stepped in a lot of the same potholes that he stepped in in Denver. Um, but I think very clearly, you know, you look at kind of the way they built and uh, you know, like the way that they sort of doubled down on you know the playoff team of twenty one by going and getting Chandler Jones and uh, and Devontae Adams last offseason. That doesn't work, you know. And now it's like they're sort of in this in between of having a core of players that's ready to win now, but, you know, maybe needing a more extensive rebuild and everything just sort of seemed like it was sideways from the start this season. And again, that Packer game was really the first sign of real trouble. I guess I'm just curious because, um, because all the rationale you kind of provide, it, it makes sense, you know, in yeah. regards to starting Hoyer and all that. What happens now for Josh McDaniels? He's got four years left on his deal after this year. I mean, is he, does he just go call plays? Like, do you think he ever gets another shot at all this? I, I, I don't, Brady. I, you know, and I, I think the world of Josh is a coach. Like, and I know you played for him in Denver, and um, you know, I think he's a brilliant offensive coach. But I, you know, I just think it'd be a really tough sell for an owner. You know, now, and 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 if you look at it, it's. Um, you know, he, he went to a second year in both places and didn't make it through that second year, you know, in Denver and Vegas. And then he put the Indianapolis thing on top of it. And it's, I think he's going to be a tough sell. Now, I, I have heard some people say, oh, well, it was all Brady. Well, that's not true either. You know, like he did a, um, he did a phenomenal job as an offensive coordinator over two cents in New England. And it wasn't just Brady. He had the great year with Matt Castle in 2008. Um, you know, he got, I think, the most possibly could have gotten out of uh, Cam Newton, who was clearly broken down physically in 2020. In 2021, he got a great year out of Mac Jones. Mac Jones' best year by far um, in three years in the pros was under Josh McDaniels. So, you know, I still think he's an excellent offensive coach. He's well-respected throughout the league. I think the best thing for him right now would maybe be to go somewhere that's outside of the New England family and um, and sort of – I, you know, and he's older, so it's like hard to say learn, but you kind of see the way it's done in a different place. I know it's done great things for Matt Patricia to to go to Philadelphia and see the way Nick Sirianni has his program set up. Like, you know, would Josh go for the rest of the year to be a consultant with the Rams? Um, You know, Sean McVay's got great respect for Josh McDaniels. Maybe that would be something to be a fit. I just think that that would probably be the best step for Josh now is to step out outside of the, 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 the New England bubble and go see the way it's done somewhere else. A.B., you said something pretty interesting, and I'm, I'm a, I guess I'll, I'll couple it all together. Um, you said that they, they took the pulse and the temperature of – you said Mark Davis in particular took the pulse and the yeah. temperature of the locker room. They, they just fired their O.C. and Mick Lombardi, as you yep. reported – they they don't hire a coordinator. They instead hire a position coach. Is this a is this a decision based off of that temperature taking and that talking about the frustration boiling over with with Devonte Adams? You get rid of the, the the offense coordinator. You get rid of the head head coach. Yeah, and you elevate a guy who is known. Everybody knows that if you know Antonio Pierce, you know the players are going to be talking to him. You know they relate right. to him and and have a great rapport with him. Do you have any insight on what what led to that decision? 
Well, I mean, I think the obvious thing um, ongoing with AP, and, and everybody who's been around him knows what sort of leader he is. He was, I mean, he was really kind of the Mufasa for like the um, for the Super Bowl champions, you know, um, Super Bowl champion team with the Giants in 2007. Um, and so, like, I think um, you know, that number one is you're going a totally different direction, right? Like, you're going from you know, the offensive mastermind now to kind of the front of the room leader. And and that's what Antonio Pierce is going to bring. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, it, it also allows you to keep a guy who has had some success in building the defense. Their defense has been pretty good on balance this year. Now they've had their blips, but Pat Graham's done a pretty good job on defense. And, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I think Mick Lombardi, you know, kind of becomes the, the fall guy to some degree. Um, that goes down with Josh, and this is, you know, I think more or less a way of saying we are going to change what we do offensively to try to get more out of you, Devontae, and to try to, you know, get more out of you, Josh Jacobs, and, you know, kind of get a, a different spin on the way that we're doing it. Now, it's risky. There's no question about that. I mean, Bohart agree. Um, he has been in the league for, and I don't know, were you with him in Denver, Brady? You might have been. Um or you might have yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was with Josh. Yeah. No, 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 with Bo. With Bo Hardigree. I don't think you No, was, he right? wasn't there yet. Okay, so so like a guy who's been in the league for less than ten years, who's never been a coordinator, who's never called a play. Um you know, like like that that's risky, you know, but at the very least, you know, you're gonna have somebody there who I think will listen to the players and, and take their input and work collaboratively with them and so um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like again, like I do think um, what everybody's gonna be watching going forward with a rookie quarterback and a and a, and a incredibly incredibly green offensive coordinator is what this means for again the guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and I think that that's sort of um, that that's 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 the center of the thinking here between what Mark Davis and Antonio Pierce are trying to do on that side of the ball. Get him on Twitter at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. So, who's the next coach to watch if there's a potential move or a firing made this season? I mean, I think that the obvious one would be Ron Rivera in Washington. Um, you know, and I, I would say they've been competitive all year. I mean. They played the Eagles to, you know, a standstill on Sunday. And so this is a, I mean, I think a good Washington team, obviously not a great one, but like a, a good Washington team. But now, you know, you're taking away Montez Sweat and Jay, Chase Young. and So, like, you're making what was the strength of the team in that defensive line a little less so. So what does that mean for, for where they're going? And um, if they do lose four or five games in a row, does Josh Harris decide I want to start my search now and I don't want to have to do it behind the scenes or be sneaking around anybody. So we're going to just fire on now. Like I, I think that that's certainly within the realm of possibility. I mean, I, I think Ron's got uh, an uphill, an uphill climb ahead. And that's, you know, with the acknowledgement that he's done a good job so far this year. So that would certainly be one as far as mid season firings go. I mean, I guess Brandon Staley might be the other one to watch if things really go the wrong way with the Chargers. Um, and then I'm just, I mean, those two would be the other two that I think you would be really seriously looking at. Um, outside of that, it's hard to see, you know, where, 
I'm just trying to think. I think that those would be the two. I don't. I don't know that there'd be another team that'd be in play to fire their their head coach in midseason. At least the way it stands right now. Um, Albert, can I ask this quickly? I know it's a little off subject, uh, maybe out of left field, yeah. but with Bob Knight passing, I feel like everyone's got like something they remember most about Bob Knight. And I'm curious only because, you know, you look, you went to Ohio State. He went to Ohio State. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's some commonalities there. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, Brady, I, I always think of, like, the coaches that I had um, when I was a kid and, you know, growing up in the 80s and the 90s and now, like, you'd have a coach who's really tough on you. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd remember my dad would say to me, like, you're going to really appreciate having played for that guy, you know? And I feel like Bobby Knight was, like, the ultimate example of that. Now, it didn't work for everybody, of course, and I want to be respectful of those people, but, um, you know, I feel like he was the ultimate, like, if you know, if you if you stick it out and you listen to them, there are great lessons there, you know. And I and I do think like there are so many people that went through that Indiana program that revered him and had such appreciation for having played for him and were better people because they played for him. And you know, I know that that type of coaching probably doesn't exist anywhere anymore, but we all grew up with it, right? Like I think we all did. And so you know, I think that that was that's sort of the way I look at him. And, um, you know, I can remember I got MF'd in a, in, a, in a press conference by him when I was at the student newspaper at Ohio State. What did you ask him? I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was sort of along the lines of, who the hell are you? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I do remember, too, the other thing I remember being at Ohio State was you'd hear the stories of the uh, the last Ohio State team. I believe Fred Taylor was the coach um, that won a national championship in 1960. And that team had, like, Havlicek and Lucas on it. Like, it was, like, an unbelievable team, probably the greatest. I mean, the greatest team in the school his, school's history. And you hear the stories about Bobby Knight on that team. And Bobby Knight was, like, the sixth man. And the stories you'd hear about him in, on that team were perfect. You know, exactly him. It's like he'd go in for, like – He'd go in for like four or five minutes, muck the game up, get three fouls, and they'd they'd have to pull him because he'd be in foul trouble. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, an American original, and I know, I mean, I, I don't know, guys. Like, I feel like it's maybe it's hard for people who are younger than us to really understand that style of coaching or that type of coaching. But you know, I do know like a lot of people in my own past that I was coached by that were really, really that you didn't like them when you're being coached by them, right? Like, and I'm sure you guys have those stories too. And um, and then you know, like years later, you come to appreciate having gone through it and having gotten the lessons that they gave you. And I think, again, like I think the people who played for Bobby Knight would tell you that he was like the ultimate example of that. Good stuff, Albert. You can get him on Twitter at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. And yes, the pride and joy of the number one ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Albert, much appreciated. We'll do it again next week. Always appreciate the good, clean fun, guys. There it is. (laughs) Uh, Always fun catching up with Albert Breer and a nice little uh, dig to the ribcage at Michigan. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.